0: Tuning in to the New Vision Podcast. Our prayer is that this talk builds your faith, brings clarity, and gives you hope. Enjoy the message. Uh, We are starting a brand new series today. Um, It's called On Deck. It's going to pop up here on the screen. Uh, There are tons of stories. A boatload, if, if you might say. A boatload, a ton of stories in Scripture that have boats in them and ships in them. And we're going to take a look at these stories over the next month. Because each and every one of these stories has truths that you and I need to unearth in these stories. And so that's what we're going to do on deck over the next month. And as we begin today, I just want to start off with some questions. Maybe you've done this before. I know that uh, in talking with Jay, he's probably the most experienced in this next department, but have you ever been on a cruise ship? Have you ever went on a cruise? Mel and I have been on two, right? We've been on two. Guys, if you have not been on a cruise, after, now, all the cruises that got stuck during the coronavirus outbreak, like people are probably never going to get on a boat again, but... I'm telling you, it was probably the be- one of the best vacations we have ever taken. There, there was so many things that you could do. First of all, you're on this incredibly large ship. And no matter what time of day, what time of night, there was something going on. I mean, we can, you can go and watch a movie. You can do that out in the middle of the ocean, sitting on the deck, lounging in the pool. They have a big screen there. You can watch it there. There's concerts that you can go be a part of. There's shows that you can go see, uh, comedy shows. There's arcades. If you like sports, there's basketball and volleyball. There's mini golf. There's all kinds of different things that you can get involved with there. And if you just want to hang out by the pool and in the hot tub, you can do that. And we haven't even begun to talk about all of the food options. Because for some of us, we don't care about anything else than the 24-hour places you can get food. There's always pizza. And there's always ice cream. I can go right now and be happy. Like there's all kinds of stuff to do. And each day it seemed like there was something new to be found. Whether it was an excursion or whether it was just a place that we didn't see the first day. Because we would walk through an area and be like, man, I, did you know that that was there? I remember the day we found the arcade on the last cruise that we were on. And we had been on this floor many times. And we rounded a corner and there's an arcade. And one of the days that you couldn't go outside, we went and hung out in the arcade. And it was like, I didn't know that that was there yesterday. But today it was like this whole new space unfolded. And when we got done with the cruise, immediately we started talking about, can we go again? Because it always seemed like there was more to do. It was new almost every day. And if we begin to look at our Bibles in the same type of way, we will find the same truth. That there are things that we can go through and read in Scripture that today may change your life. If you read it too, some of you have this experience. You have a verse that when you came across it, you were like, this is exactly what I needed today. Oh my gosh, thank you, Jesus. It changed your mood. It changed not just that day. It changed the week. It changed your family. Some of you have tattoos for these verses. It changed your life. You have a life verse. And here's what's incredible about it. Because Scripture is living and active, that same verse you read two years ago, If you've read it in the last few days, it might look a little bit different today. And God has this ability to unveil something that was always there, but it just didn't hit you the way that it hit you this time. And as you read through that same passage, you just come to life all over again. And something new is found in the same scripture. That same passage that you've been holding on to now has different meaning because as I looked for something different, God spoke something new in my life. And each day, we should be excited to open up scriptures and see what God is going to say to us. Because it's never dull and boring unless that's my expectation going into it. Expectation, the expectation I have is normally the experience that I'll have. And so if you open your Bible and think, Deuteronomy again, Numbers is all about math. If that's your expectation, I'll almost guarantee that'll be your experience. But if you open up your word and you think, man, God, I need something from you today. Can you give me something brand new, something fresh? As you begin to look into scripture, you will discover more of who God is, more of who you are, things that he's laying out in front of you for you to do. And so as I began to think through this series, as we're looking at all these different stories about boats, I thought, why not go back to a story that most of us have probably heard? into the very first cruise ship that was ever around. Let's talk about Noah this morning. Turn with me to Genesis chapter 6. As you're doing that, allow me to pray. Jesus, we love you and we thank you for the time that we get to spend together in your presence and in your word. And so God, I ask today that as we look into your word that you would show us something that would change who we are. God, don't let us leave the same way as we came in. Speak to our hearts. Lord, I ask that you would anoint me as I communicate your word to your people. Help me to do that clearly and confidently and effectively in Jesus' name, amen. Now, as you turn, let me see if I can fix this one time and not mess with it. I have things. I'll try not to touch my ring today. Like the, These are all of the things that I noticed watching video back later. Last week, if you watched, I played with my sweater the entire time. It was just constantly, I should have worn a sleeveless sweater. <coughs> Jeez. As you turn to Genesis chapter 6, if you have your Bible or if you have your Bible um, App. When you look at the heading, the the section title for chapter 6, as I was studying this week, it made me sad every single time I went to look at this scripture. Because the section title for chapter 6 says, A World Gone Wrong. And as my eyes read that, each and every time my shoulders just kind of shrugged, I thought, gosh, man, we're so early into the story of mankind and we have already messed things up. So let's jump into this story at verse 9. Of Genesis chapter 6. It says, this is the account of Noah and his family. Noah was a righteous man, the only blameless person living on the earth at the time, and he walked in close fellowship with God. Noah was the father of three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Parents, let this be a lesson to you when you go to name your kids. People get teased in school. Don't name your kid Ham. Don't name them something that every time they say they got to spell it. I'm sorry, let me get back to my notes. You know Ham had trouble growing up. Sorry. Now God saw that the earth had become corrupt and was filled with violence. God observed all of this corruption in the world for everyone on earth was corrupt. So God said to Noah, I have decided to destroy all living creatures for they have filled the earth with violence. Yes, I will wipe them all out along with the earth. Build a large boat. From cypress wood and waterproof it with tar inside and out, and then construct decks and stalls throughout its interior. Make the boat 450 feet long, 75 feet wide, and 45 feet high. As we read through these, this small portion of scripture, do you see the, the state that we're in? This is this is some of the hardest scripture that I've read in a while of we, where we see humanity being. I mean, we, we're not but chapters past from when God created man. And as he created man and woman, he looked at it all and said, this is good. Three chapters later, four chapters later, five chapters later, we look from page one to page four probably, and God is struggling with the people that he created with his image and what they're doing with the life that he had given them. It said a few verses earlier that things had become so crazy that God was even sorry about creation. He was sorry that he made man. We're going to talk about that in a second. But not only was he upset because of the actions that they were doing, he was upset because even their thoughts were evil. They weren't just doing bad things. They were dreaming of more bad things that they could do, more sinful things, more violent acts, more stuff that they could get involved in. None of their thoughts were leaning towards God. None of their thoughts were taking them closer. It was taking them further and further away. And as God looks at them and he says, man, I'm, I'm sorry that I made mankind. Look at what they're doing. This isn't that he was saying that we were a mistake. He's looking at his creation, and his heart is hurting because his beloved creation were making incredibly horrible decisions. They were choosing to turn from God instead of to him. They were choosing to rebel against him. They were rejecting him at every turn. And Here's where we discover our first truth today, that when the world is dark, God is looking for people to be light. As this world is painted in this dark picture, as we see the gravity, the depravity that we find right here in these scriptures, that there is no one righteous, there is no one blameless. God is looking all around and he only finds one person. I wonder, I wonder if he circled the globe a few different times. I wonder if there was a, an inkling of hope that maybe if I go just one more time, can I find someone else? Can I find someone else whose heart is, is longing for me? Can I look one more time? Let me take one more peek around the corner. When the world is dark, God is looking for people to be the light. He found Noah. Scriptures tell us that he was the only righteous person. But that doesn't mean that Noah was perfect. Doesn't mean that Noah didn't get things wrong. What it meant was that Noah was the only person seeking God. While everyone else was seeking their own agenda, Noah was seeking God's agenda. Noah was trying to figure out who God was and what their relationship could look like when the rest of the world was dark. God was looking for someone to be light, and he found one person. His name was Noah. And as his world is described, I wonder if you got the same thought that I did that Noah's world sounds a lot like our world that the amount of violence that, we, that Noah was experiencing, that God was looking at his creation, the gut-wrenching things that were happening. I wonder if God is looking down on mankind right now with that same heart that is breaking for his beloved creation that doesn't seem to be moving towards him but seems to be moving away from him, that the more the world turns, the more it seems like people turn away from God. I wonder if he's looking at the needless, careless, and senseless violence and saying, why, how have we come so far? How have you moved so far away from who I am, the love that I've given you, the breath that I breathed into you? How can you not give that back to me at all? Everyone seems to be moving away. Right now has to be killing him. And as we look at, at the state of the world then and now and who God is looking for, this isn't just a moment that I'm gonna tell you to be just like Noah, guys. Be righteous, be blameless. Stick out your chest. Because this story is even more about, more than just being about Noah. This is a story where we can look and see the grace of God. God tells Noah in these scriptures, and then you can read a little bit uh, further in the story, and God tells him again, he lays it out a little bit more plainly. Once again, God says that look, there's judgment coming. There's a judgment coming that no one can close their eyes at, no one can ignore, no one can avoid. They can't escape it. Sin comes at a price, and it's time to pay the price. There's judgment coming for all of the sin that is filling the world. No one can escape it. But God also says there's salvation that's coming as well. And we see that in looking for the the opportunity to offer salvation, that God was looking for someone that was willing to be the light It was looking for someone who could could bring a little bit of hope to a world that had seemed like they lost it. A light that would give hope and be hope for lost people because God wanted to give grace and hope to the world, to humanity. He could have wiped everyone out instantly, but what did he do? He chose to find Noah and give time for people to hear about hope. He instructed Noah to build an ark. There was going to be something that could save this world. And I believe right now he's looking around the world for people to do the same. He's looking for people to be light in a world that's dark. He's looking for people that will say, I'll be a vessel of hope. I will carry that to the world around me, that I will shout that there is hope. I will shine my light so that people that are trapped in the darkness of sin can know that that doesn't have to be the light that they choose. That doesn't have to be the end of their story. They can find their way out of the darkness into a light and find life like they never imagined that they could. I believe that when the world is dark, God is looking for people to be light. And it can can be us. The problem is he's not looking for people that will say that they're a light. He's looking for people that will actually shine their light. Because as he looks throughout the earth, did you see the difference in what they said about Noah? Did you see the relationship that was described when Noah's name came up? Did you notice? It says that Noah walked with God. Noah's relationship was different. He had a close relationship with God. And what we discover next is when you walk with God, he can work with you. And that always makes me ask this next question well, how did he do that? How can I get that close? If Noah walked with God, how can I walk with God? I ask you some follow up questions to that. How much attention? Are you giving God? How much time do you spend with him? Because I can tell you this, what gets your attention captures your heart. What's getting your attention? What takes up the majority of your energy, your focus, your spare time? What takes up moments that fill your heart with with joy? Is it God or are we finding something else? Now, I'm not saying this to be legalistic. I'm not saying you need to be spending an hour with God every day. You need to be praying for three hours every day. If you don't get up and pray, if you don't go to bed and pray, if you don't fast and pray, I'm not saying any of that. I'm not saying this as a legalistic thing, but this is a realistic thing. Because in order for you and I to have a close relationship with God, that means I have to spend time with him. If I want to know who he is, I have to spend time getting to know him. Those of us that are in relationship, you can want to be close to someone all you want. You can wish. That first time you saw your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your spouse across the room and you were like, ooh, I like that one. In order for it to be something more than just that, guess what you had to do? You had to put action to that wish in order for you to get to know them you had to actually go and talk to them and in order to get to know more than their first name you had to have more conversations and the more conversations you had the closer you began to get the closer your relationship comes because proximity leads to intimacy not your hopes and dreams How close are you willing to get if you really want to be close to him? If you want an intimate relationship with God, guess what that means? you got to move where he moves and go where he goes. Listen to his voice. You have to spend time with him over and over again because it's not just something that's going to happen. When you wake up in the morning you think, ah, this could be the day that I get close to God. If all you do is think about it, you will drift further from God, not drift closer to him. Inaction will always move you further from your destination than action will. But I prayed, I hoped, what else did you do? Where else was your attention spent? Jesus said that we have to put in time. When he was asked about some of the greatest things that we could do, well, what's the commandment say? Oh, he said, you got to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, with all of your strength. He didn't just say, hey, give God your heart, think good thoughts, do this, you know, wish that you, no, no, no. he said, you gotta give every single thing that you have, if you love the Lord your God with all of this, guess what happens next? The more I do that, the more I want to spend time with him, the more that time is beneficial to me, the more I, I spend time with Jesus and hear from him, I get to learn his voice, I get to learn about him and then I become more and more like him. The more like him I become, the different, It makes in my life when I see people in the world around me when I act differently when I move differently And now that i'm walking with god guess what happens he can work with me as I walk with him It's not gonna happen by accident And this story isn't just about the mission of the ark But it's also about the submission of noah so I'll say it to you like this if you want a public mission it starts with private submission. It starts with praying more prayers like thy will be done instead of my will be done. If you want God to use you publicly, if you want him to work through you publicly, you better let him work in you privately. If you want to be a part of building the kingdom, if, if you want a job building an ark then you better put in the work building a relationship that leads you there that's what got Noah the opportunity to do what God asked him to do the last question I have for you this morning is this will you do what's never been done to reach people who may say no will you do what's never been done to reach someone that may reject you to your face I want you to understand all that God was asking Noah to do. He wasn't just saying, hey, Noah, I'd like for you to, to you know, get some stuff. Let's put it together. I got, a, I got a small plan that we're going to enact because judgment is coming. But I feel like if we build a house that uh, people can come and live in your house and they'll be saved. That's not what he was asking Noah to do. He was asking Noah to build something that no one had ever seen before. He was asking him to do something at a magnitude that no one had ever known was possible. He was telling Noah things that no one had ever heard before. And as Noah began to say, all right, I think I can handle this. Let me just show you just how this looked. Because the ark was something that, that was incredibly huge. I have, I have this picture for you to see, just so you can put it into perspective. A 747, the planes that take us all around the world, they are only 231 feet long. The ark was 450 feet long. Longer than Arrowhead Stadium. Longer than the field that we, that we cheered, that we cried a few weeks ago as the Chiefs lost. Look, it's less than half of the length of the Titanic, one of the largest ships. I, I mean, this wooden ship rivaled modern technology and how big it could be. God was asking to Noah to do something that never had been done before. If I could tie this in to what God is asking us to do, He was asking Noah to reach with courage. He was asking him to be willing to do something that maybe he didn't quite understand, to maybe reach someone. Noah, you got to tell him there's going to be a flood. Uh, what's a flood? That's when water is everywhere. Okay, how's the water going to get here? Oh, it's going to rain. Uh, hold on, wait. What's rain? At this time in scripture, there wasn't rain like you and I. Noah, there was not flooding that happened. All of the stuff that God was telling Noah had never been seen before. You know they thought Noah was crazy. Noah, can you build something that no one's gonna understand? I know you've never done this before. Would you be willing to dedicate a portion of your life for people who may not ever say yes to you? Would you reach with courage? Would you be willing to, to sacrifice? Would you be willing to become a zookeeper? God, I don't like animals. Some of us, that would have been the part where we walk away. I don't, if they touch me, I'm out. Like, do they smell? Do the animals smell? They, no, I'm out on that too. Do I got to clean up after the, no, you can take your kids. Your kids will clean up. All right, cool. I'll take my kids. They'll clean up. He's asking Noah to do things that were outside of what he could do. Also that he could show Noah that if you do what you can do, God will always do what only he can do. If we will step out, if we will allow ourselves to believe the instructions of the one who created everything, that we will see things happen that we didn't know were possible. Will you let your faith lead you to obedience even when you have no idea how you're going to do what you're being asked? I can't imagine the questions that Noah had. I can't imagine all of the thoughts that were running through his head, but what I've learned as I've read through this and and looked at different portions is that Noah didn't get caught up in knowing how, he got caught up in knowing who. And that's where he put his trust. That's where he put his faith. Noah knew God and that was enough. He believed in who God was and what he said, but belief wasn't going to build the ark. Noah's actions were going to build the ark. He let his faith lead him into doing something about what God had said. And I would pray that we would allow our faith to move us from feeling something or feeling a certain way to doing something about the feeling that we have, to doing something about a world that has no hope outside of jesus to doing something about our family that may not know jesus to doing something about our neighborhood that isn't what it used to be to doing something about this community that needs jesus i hope that our faith leads us beyond feeling and leads us into action that we would be willing to lay it all on the line we would be willing to give portions of our life to do the work that god has asked us to do Noah gave not days, not weeks, not months, not even a year. Some scholars say that Noah spent between 100 and 120 years building the ark. And you struggle, and I struggle when God takes 100 minutes to do something for me. God, you're asking me to do this, I'll do it for this long. You got a week. What if he's asking for a lifetime? What if he's asking for you to give and to work and to witness? Because as Noah was building the ark, as he was working, he was witnessing. Read Peter, read first and second Peter, and you'll find out that Noah told people what was going to happen. Noah spoke about the judgment that was coming. He spoke about the salvation that God had provided, that he was working on right in the moment. And no one listened. He did all that work and no one believed him. Will you? You'd be willing to do what's never been done, even if people say no. Would you be willing to reach with courage, knowing that they may just say no to your face? Would you be willing to do something that makes absolutely no sense because you've never thought about this being used in this way before? Would you be willing to have a conversation Even if they say no, would you be willing to love on someone that everyone else says is unlovable? Would you be willing to walk down your street and pray when no one else is doing that, when it doesn't seem like it makes any sense? Would you be willing to follow God into the unknown? Would you be willing to join in his grand plan to save humanity? Ultimately, that's what Noah was a part of, and that's what God is inviting us to be involved with. Will we be willing to reach with courage? Because where there is sin, there is judgment for sin, but there is also salvation from sin. God just didn't say, I'm going to punish, He said, I'm going to provide a way of salvation, a way out. In this story, the ark shows us the heart of God, the grace of God, because if there is a chance to save, God puts in work for that to happen. He'll do it. He built an ark. He he told Noah to spend years of his life to build an ark to save some, and then he sent his son to save us all. If there's a way for him to save, he is going to do it. He sent his son because he knows that the wages of sin is death. But that the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ for those who accept it. Jesus said that I came to seek and to save those who are lost. Will we be willing to join in on this crusade to reach humanity with courage? The Bible tells us that God is not slow in keeping his promises, but that he is being patient because he wants everyone to come to repentance. He didn't, he didn't just say, judgment is coming tomorrow. He said, you know what? Let's give him 120 years. Let the countdown begin. He didn't just say, I'm coming back tomorrow. He said, I'm coming back soon. Get them ready. There's a countdown and it's counting down and judgment is going to come. Jesus is going to come back, but salvation has already been sent. He sent Jesus for me and for you. He gave us a way out that death is what we deserve. The punishment for our sins, the judgment is what we deserve. But he said, you know what? I'll take my son and I'll punish him for you. He'll pay the price that you never could. He'll do what you never could so that you can live a life that you would never have been able to live. He gave his son as a sacrifice for me and for you so that we could live the life that God has been dreaming about for us, that he planned before you were born, before you said your first word, took your first step. He had hopes and dreams and plans and destiny for you. And when we find that life in Jesus, Josh, that life changes us. And it makes me wanna share that with those around me. It makes me wanna see them reached with the gospel so they can be restored and see them released so that they can go reach and see someone else restored. And then that person released and then they go out and they reach someone with courage to see them restored with love so that they can be released with faith and it goes on and on. It never stops. So where are you in Jesus today? What part of this story do you find yourself in? Most of us would love to be Noah. Part of his family, we made it on the boat, we're good and some of us are right there. And some of us have found ourselves feeling like we're on the outside. We have no hope. Or maybe everything rises and falls on your day, your emotions, how you can provide for you and your family, that it rests all on you. It doesn't rest anywhere outside of that. Maybe you haven't been excited about life lately because something's been missing well, I can tell you this morning that what's been missing is a relationship with Jesus. That there is a place that only he can fill in your heart. It doesn't matter what you try to put into it. It doesn't matter what you hope will fill that shape and size. Nothing will fulfill it long-term. It may work for a little bit, but then it will actually make the hole bigger and it will make what you need, God, to, to fill in even wider, but he can do all of that. And he's willing to do that if he sent his son That's how much he loved you. He sent the very best he could. And maybe this morning you'll find yourself looking for something different. You've tried lots of different things for salvation. You made your own arcs. You thought that you could survive things all on your own, but life has taught you, you cannot. This morning, would you be willing to give your life to Jesus? If you would close your eyes for a moment, I just, I just want you to maybe shut out everybody that's around you because I believe that God may be speaking to you in this room, to you at your home, because he wants you. So you know what, Pastor Kevin, man, I... I need Jesus this morning. I need a relationship with him. I've, I might have had one or maybe I've never had one. And none of that matters other than today you're choosing to give all of who you are to him. You want to know the who so that you can figure out the how of life. And if that's you this morning, I just want you to raise your hand. Is that you today, that God is speaking to your heart? He's knocking at the door of your life. You say, man, I need I need a relationship with Jesus. Would you raise your hand today? Is that him speaking to you, knocking at the door of your heart? If you're at home, if God is speaking to you, today is a day. And I would invite you to pray this prayer with me this morning. And you can put it in your own words. I'm just going to give you the the guidelines for you to pray. But you can say something like, Jesus, forgive me, I'm a sinner. I don't want to be who I am anymore. I need you in my heart and in my life. I give everything I am to you this morning. God, change me from the inside out. Give me purpose. Give me hope. Give me life that fills my heart and makes me excited about the next day. And God, I will give you everything I have for the rest of my life. Thank you for paying the price for my sin. Thank you for saving me. And there are some of us in this room that we are in a spot where God is looking for us to be a light in the world that is dark. And maybe you felt like, well, I I gave all my best years already. I've already served. I've already done something. I don't I don't know what left what else I have left to give. Well maybe God would say this morning, Would you be willing to just walk with me so I can work with you a little bit longer? that if you're still breathing, there's still purpose, there's still something for you to do. Maybe you've been fighting him a little bit on the on the how and the what, and maybe you just need to surrender to the who. As the worship team sings in these next few moments, I just want you to let God search your heart. Be open and honest. God, am I, am I giving you everything? Do you have my attention? Have I let you capture my heart? Is there something that I need to be doing that would shine light to the world around me? Is there a way that I can walk closer with you? God, give me the ability to have faith that moves me from feeling to action would you give the holy spirit an opportunity to speak to you this morning so that we can experience what it feels like to build something that lasts in eternity prayers that this message impacted you. Please share your story and partner with us financially at newvisiongrandview.com.